So, welcome to the Investment Cuddle, episode six. I'm Gary, and I'm joined by Philip. We're going to talk again today about all things financial. We're going to focus on indexes and give you an introduction to what indexes are, and then we'll chat a little bit further about how how you can invest in those. So, Philip, do you want to kick us off and give us uh, your thoughts on what an index is? Well, indexes have been around a long time. For example, Dow Jones Industrial Average has been around since 1885, so that's a long time now. And originally, they were started off as a way of measuring yourself against how's the market doing, to give you a benchmark of saying, am I doing well, am I doing badly? But nowadays, they've changed a lot, and you actually become products themselves. What we're going to start doing here is we're going to start talking about them as benchmarks to start with. Okay, because I guess when I think about an index, I'm thinking about you know the FTSE 100, which is the large companies in the UK, and generally, the index is something that you know people would invest in Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by and and by the stocks of 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 that particular index. So, what is it? Just companies that sits in an index? No, I mean they started off with just company indexes, so share shares on stock exchanges, but they've also moved them to other indices such as bonds, commodities, uh, investable other S, investable items. But if we start by looking at a few, just to say, because there's there's indexes and there's lots of different types of indices, even within the stocks how they're constructed, what they do, what they're trying to represent. Okay, so we've got the we've got the UK FTSE 100 that I'm aware of. There's also the 250 and the 350. And there's some more as well. There's the All Share Index, which is used to be known as the Financial Times uh, Actuary Series Index that went all the way back to the 60s, possibly late 50s. Then you've got the FTSE Tech, FTSE Small Cap, FTSE AIM for the alternative investment market. And, of course, FTSE bought a merge with Russell, so they make loads of indices for all around the world. You know the country, they make an index for it. Maybe it's best if I start talking about so what, what they type. So, yeah. so the oldest one out there that I'm aware of is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and that's been around since Mr. Dow Jones created it in 1885 to measure how stocks were doing on the New York Stock Exchange. It's basically a constituent of the 30 largest companies listed on the stock exchanges in the US and it's a price weighted index and this is quite different to most other indices which I'll come on to a bit later about what the others do but this is a price weighted indices so what it is is here you take all of the 30 stocks that are in the index you sum them all together and then you divide them by the Dow division and that isn't 30 it's a number that sort of massages things for stock splits and various other things but the, but the important thing here is the weighted due to how much each individual stock is worth. So there's some companies, shall we say, like Berkshire Hathaway, that have never done a stock split. This is where they basically take the shares in and give you two shares or three shares, the ones you had before, to maintain the price at a range that most people can buy. Okay. Um, so like most other companies, they tend to keep them inside the 5 to $10 or pound bracket. Berkshire Hathaway shares trade at, I think it's a moment, 250000 US dollars a share. So therefore, very few people can buy them. That's quite a lot compared to five or ten dollars. Exactly, and that's the reason why you do it is it allows you to actually access your shares. Yeah. So, so with the companies that have the largest share price, they take a bigger fraction and a bigger weighting of the Dow Jones. So the other most probably famous index in North America is known as the S and P five hundred or the S and P, which stands for Standard and Poor five hundred index. It was created in the 1950s, 1957, I think, if I'm correct. And it's basically the 500 largest companies listed on 
all the US stock exchanges. Now this one is market cap weighted. Now market capitalization is where you take the share price times by the total number of shares out and that gives you the total share value of the company. Then you sum all the values of the companies up and you divide it by the total market capitalization price of all the sum companies. So therefore you'll find that certain companies are not equal weighted. So even though you've got 500 companies, you'll find that the top five, top 10% make up most of the index. So example in America, if you look at the moment, I believe the top five in the running order in the S&P 500 would be Microsoft at 5.5%, Apple at 5.1%, Amazon at 4%, Facebook at about 1.8%, Berkshire Hathaway at 1.7%, and Johnson Johnson around about 1.8%. But the FTSE 100 index is also a market cap based indices, but for the largest companies listed on the London Stock Exchange. Here, the top five represent approximately 29 to 30% of the entire index. Just to give you an idea, the top five are usually HSBC, Hong Kong and Bank Shanghai Banking Corporation, Royal Dutch Shell A and Royal Dutch Shell B shares, BP, AstraZeneca. They're the sort of really big players in there. Yeah, and they are the big ones. So if they move, they drive the index. And, and you know, most people have heard of those companies, similarly, I guess, with the, the S&P 500 main companies. But so so you're always going to get the big, the large companies being a larger proportion of any index. No, that's not correct, because okay. the Dow Jones, they're not, because they're price weighted. Right. Another old, an older one, which is in the UK, was known as the FT30, Financial Times 30 Index, which was very, very similar to the Dow Jones. It's still recorded if you read the FT, you can still get numbers for it every day. Um, and it was the 30 largest industrial and commercial companies in the UK, it excluded all financial stocks and banks. But it was price weighted, not market cap weighted. So therefore, it doesn't change the same. So therefore, it makes it different when someone company is much, much bigger. That's another big reason why when you look at the Dow Jones and the S&P, they can often diverge a lot because of the way they're weighted. If the big guys move a lot, the S&P moves faster, up or down, than the Dow Jones does, often. Right, so do I understand that then? If you if you price-weighted the S&P, you'd end up with someone like Ber Berkshire Hathaway. Would be number price. one by a colossal margin. Right, because it's, it's just each individual share is, what did you say, a quarter of a million or something? Something of that something, nature. Something We're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars a share. You know, Because they haven't split those shares to make them a lower price. If if the S and P was made up the same way or assessed the same way as the Dow Jones, you'd have a very different running order in that's terms correct. of the, the the big companies. Okay, but is is that surely that's not a problem, is it? You've got big companies who are a large proportion of the index, but they're big companies for a reason because they've done well, right? Well, that's there's a good point, and this is where you look at the other indices. The FTSE in the UK is quite a good one because there's several of them. You have the FTSE or share which is basically the market cap weighting of everything on the London Stock Exchange put together. And then it's broken down into different segments of it, of which the 100, the 250, small caps, fledglings, and all the others are subsections of. What you'll find is, often what you can find is sometimes smaller companies have bigger, better growth prospects than big companies. But because they're market cap based, the big companies drown out the small companies' growth when you come to invest, in, if it's based on an indices like that. But we'll come to those in a little bit later on about how they, how you buy them and what you can buy. Another thing that's worth talking about is some of the other countries. 
Because again, around the world, most indices now for individual country stock markets are market cap based. The Financial Times 30 and the Dow Jones, they're quite unique and there's not that many of them anymore. Okay, so just bear, bear with me just for a second. The When you say market cap, you're talking about market capitalization. Sorry, yes. What exactly does that mean? So, just before we go into so the market capitalization, I'll repeat this again, is where you have what is known as a free float of shares on the stock exchange. So this is the shares that are actively could be traded, not by governments. And you take the share price, times it by the total number of shares out, the free float, they're actually tradable, and that gives you the value of the company. Then you sum up all the values of all the companies, and that gives you your total stock exchange market value. And then you work out the weightings of all the companies based on those num market capitalization numbers. Right, okay, great. So sorry, you were gonna say about the other in indexes beyond the UK and so, the US? Most of them are market cap based or market capitalization based indices. The ones in the French, one is called the CAC, C-A-C 40. So this is the 40 largest companies listed on the Euronext Parish Stock Exchange. And it's been, been around since 1987, so not that long. No, it's not. It's also interesting to remember that the FTSE 100 has only been around since 1984. Before that, we only had the FT30 or the Financial Times Stock Exchange, which is where the FTSE comes from, actuary series, which was generally only published in the FT for pension predictions, uh, stock market gains and losses. So they were around since the 60s. So when you look at it, most of the market indices we're talking about today, in Europe at least, or even in Asia and South America, haven't been around that long. Also, another one that's a bit unique is if you look at, say, Germany. The Germans' uh, index that most often quoted is the DAX. I can't quite remember what it stands for. It's something in German. But effectively, it's the 30 largest companies listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. And, it have to, and it's the Frankfurt Stock Exchange, not the Hamburg Stock Exchange, not the Berlin Stock Exchange. So it's not necessarily all companies in Germany. It's just the ones biggest in the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. Okay. The other one is, there's two versions of it. What's often referred to as a price index, which is like the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, or the Financial Times stock exchange indices, where you just measure the price difference. The DAX has two of them, one that does a price indices, but one that's called a performance indices, or also referred to as a total return index, which is where dividends are re-included and added. Now, the strange thing is, the DAX that is often, that is almost always quoted it's a total return version. So this is often when you compare the S&P 500 or the FTSE 100 to the DAX. Over longer term, the DAX is always better because you're not measuring like for like. Mm -hmm. Now, there is you can get the DAX price index version. Um, the best source I found for that is the German Bundesbank. They've got the data. It's, that's the easiest and cheapest place to find it because they don't charge. But And also... The Financial Times Stock Exchange and the S&P 500 do do total return versions of their index. It's just very difficult to get hold of those numbers, particularly long-term numbers, because most people just quote the price version. So there's lots of quirks in that, that from what you read on the news, isn't necessarily allowing you to compare the two together. So it's a little quirk I didn't know about until about five, six years ago. Okay, and I, and I guess when you start looking into the detail of some of these... You, know, you can understand why investors who aren't really, I'm going to use the word, too, too bothered, they just want to invest in the market, you know, they'll, they'll go and buy something that's related to one of these more well-known indexes. So we'll try and maybe expand on that in a minute. But. So you talked about stock-related indexes. Are there other types of indexes? 
Of course there are. And the same idea has now been used quite routinely in, say, bond indices. Now these are, again, market cap weighted. So these are where the amounts of bonds being issued and the price of the bonds and you sum them all together. So often the big players in these indices are the most indebted companies. Not the biggest, the most indebted or the ones with the biggest amounts of debt. So there's, there's something there to, it might, what might work for stocks may not quite work as well for indices, uh, for bonds indices, if you understood how they worked. But yes, there are lots and lots of these out there now. If you were interested in global bonds, the ones that immediately stand out are Merrill Lynch Global Bond Index, Bloomberg Barclays Global Bond Aggregate Bond Index. If you're, it's government bonds, predominantly these are mainly US government bonds, but you have like the Bloomberg Barclays US Treasury Index and there's various other ones like that. Or emerging markets, you've got ones like the JP Morgan Emerging Market Bond Indices. And if you've got asset debt securities, such as uh, collateralized debt obligations and things of that nature, mortgages that are sold onto somebody else, whether they be corporate or personal mortgages or car loans or any of that type, asset backed securities as they call them. Um, one of the uh, indices for that is marketabx.he. Now that's, that's a bit more specialized, not the average retail investor I imagine will be wanting to buy into that one, or no. maybe not. So, so I guess we're looking at, you know, you talk about bonds or stocks, you're looking at indexes as a way of monitoring how a country or a type of investment is doing. That's, is that, is that, is that that's a right. good way of describing what an index Yes, does that's what that's what they're created for was a benchmark to see as an investor or as your fund manager how is he doing compared to the rest of the market. Right. So, but yeah, so that's ben what they're benchmarking for. is basically setting a, a baseline against which all others can be compared. It, correct. Okay. That's what they were created for, and that's what Dow Jones created the Dow Jones Index for. Okay. And you mentioned something earlier on, I, I believe, free float. Yes. Now you know, for me, a float. It's usually got some ice cream in it. <laughs> if only in this case. Unfortunately not. Doesn't think it'd be that exciting. Free float is a word often used for the amount of shares that are tradable on the stock exchange. For example, not always is 100% of the shares of a company tradable. There's usually times where some of them are held up either by people who can't sell because of mergers, acquisitions, or they're in locking periods. Or you've got other ones where a small amount of shares are held by governments, so they're sort of locked. Um, so therefore there's bits like that so what you often refer to is instead of all the shares on the market the free float ones the ones that actually could be tradable within that time period and that's what that term refers to right okay good stuff well I think we've probably covered quite a lot there Philip I think the the index elements probably quite heavy in, a, in terms of content so I think on the next podcast we go through what index funds and products and you'll probably correct my terminology here that you, you know you would buy but yeah i think that just leaves me to say thank you to philip and we'll see you next time this program has been presented for information and educational purposes only None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities. Nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. 
Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.